Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Ryan Gable, your host, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings 
radio broadcast right here on the Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings and our website www.thesecretteachings.info. And I really encourage and hope that all of you will use, uh, utilize, use the email to contact us. Let us know what you think of the show and send us some show topics, some things to talk about. You can also do that on social media. I can't promise that every single show topic that's suggested, I'll do a show on it immediately. But if you give me something interesting, we'll try to talk about it here on The Secret Teachings. I don't know about you, but I've noticed that mainstream and alternative media, it's already out of control, the lies and the deception And that's kind of like an elementary thing for a lot of people to say that, to think about that. Oh, we know the media lies to us. We know that the media presents information that is out of context. We know that the media is biased, politically speaking, and in other ways, whether it's about, you know, pharmaceutical drugs, which are one of the major funding industries of the mainstream media. We know that these outlets are basically, uh, it's just garbage. It's what people now refer to as fake news. So it's elementary. But some of the things that I'm seeing now, it's not even like what you would call fake news. It's not even, it's not even like a, (laughs) it's not even like just like a piece of garbage. I don't even know what it is. I don't even know what media is anymore. It's, it's basically the ministry of truth. It's the ministry of truth is what it is, which ultimately is the ministry of lies, because nothing that is told to us is truthful. I saw two stories just before coming on air tonight that just are baffling in a way, but in another way, they're not really baffling. They make a lot of sense because we know the manipulation of public perception through the usage of propaganda and various forms of advertising and marketing techniques. Like, for example, there's a story from the New York Times, so you immediately know it's credible. And it says, 41 cities, many sources, how false Antifa rumors spread locally. And it goes on to explain how any talk about Antifa is just a rumor. Antifa doesn't even exist. It is the ministry of truth. We've never been at war with Antifa. We've always been at war with Trump supporters. And the article goes on to talk about that, about how Trump is spreading unfounded rumors. Now, the perception bias is that as soon as I say Trump spreads unfounded rumors. If you don't hear that in context, that I'm reading it from an article, you think, well, he doesn't support Trump. I'm not listening to this show anymore. Other people heard me say that this was a New York Times article, and that I'm quoting what the article said, President Trump has spread unfounded rumors about Antifa, and they think, yeah, he's a Trump supporter. He gets it. I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm not a supporter of anybody but myself. And those of you who support the show 
and the Fringe FM. I support people, not political parties. I support people, not religious ideologies, not social and cultural revolutions of ideology, not social manipulation, not social conditioning. I don't support emotional, hyperactive reactions to artificial synthetic stimuli. I support human beings. Here's another article. This one was just, if you can't figure it out by now, you're lost. Confederate flag-waving Trump supporter praises KKK, vows to teach hate. I thought this one was particularly humorous. A woman decked out in one of President Donald Trump's signature Make America Great hats waved a Confederate flag at a Black Lives Matter rally protest in Branson, Missouri. While she praised the Ku Klux Klan (laughs) and vowed to teach hate to her grandchildren. Have you ever met anybody who has vowed to teach hate? I've met people that are arguably racist. But those people that are racist, you might think, oh, they're racist, so you know a bunch of white people that are racist. No, I've just met a lot of people that are racist. And they come from a variety of backgrounds, religions, nationalities, income brackets, identifications, sexual or otherwise. You know a lot of people that are racist, and they're sexist, and they're bigots. Before you can even have that discussion, you have to understand that human beings are inherently, it's part of our genetic makeup. We are inherently skeptical and questioning of things that are different than us. It's not because we're inherently racist, but it's because it's a natural instinct. Now let me explain before you start sending letters to the station saying that he's a racist. Let me explain. And if this is over your head, if this is too complicated, this is not the show for you. I remember being in high school, I think it was like ninth grade, and we were learning about something pertaining to biology. I don't recall exactly what, but the teacher gave an example that said something to the effect dealing with instinct and intuition. They asked, why is it everybody looks at the door, whether the door is behind you in the classroom or it's in the front or to the side, why does everybody look at the door when the door opens? They look at the door when the door opens, just like you do in an office, just like you do anywhere else where you're in a room and the door opens. You look because it's an instinct. There's a potential threat. You're in a safe space. The door opens, something from the outside comes in. So that's an instinct. You're not looking at the door and you're not being consciously concerned. Is someone of this race going to walk through the door? No, it's an instinct. It's neutral. Everybody has that instinct, and everybody has a form of uh, conscious awareness of that instinct. It's not something you even think about. It's, it's an instinct. Everybody has that. Everybody also is skeptical of things that are different. 
Some people like change, sure, but we're not necessarily talking about change, maybe change in a relationship or change in a job or change in a living situation. Some people like change. Some people don't necessarily like change. Some people don't like the idea of change, but they actually like change once all is said and done. But when you make a change, when you attempt to change something, most of us are a little bit uncomfortable because we're taken out of our comfort zone. Again, this is the human experience. This isn't the white man or the red man or the yellow man or the white woman or the red woman or the yellow woman. These are human beings. All of us are like this because we are in a comfort zone. When someone walks in the room, when we have to move, our relationship deteriorates, we lose a job, all those things make us very uncomfortable. Some people more so, less so than others. And they make us fearful, afraid, because things are changing. Now, in order to understand what racism ultimately is, we have to understand, I feel, that it doesn't matter what your race is. It doesn't matter what you identify as. We look at other people who are different than us. And it's not a negative or a positive thing. But we see them, if they look like us, as being some what equal in the sense of the protection that we feel in an environment where people are like us. If people are not like us, consciously, we can quickly accept that and we interact with people in different environments every single day that are different than us and we don't have problems per se. But the problem is when we start focusing on biological instinct and saying, when you look at someone and they're different than you and that, that frightens you, that makes you a racist. Well, I guess depending on how you define racist, and there are a lot of ways to define racism and other forms of discrimination, having an immediate prejudice does not make you a bad person. Because here's the deal. If you are walking down the street at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, bright sunny day, summer solstice, right? And someone who looks different than you walks past you. What are you going to think? Probably nothing. You're listening to music. Maybe you're like me. You're a little weird. You read a book and you walk. You don't even notice the person walking by you. You say, hi, how are you? Have a nice day. You pet their dog, you know? But if you're taking a walk or a jog at 2 o'clock in the morning and someone walks by you, it doesn't matter what they look like you probably are going to be a little bit skeptical. You know, I'm out here at 2 o'clock in the morning, but what is this person doing out here at 2 o'clock in the morning? Are they looking for people to rob, to rape, etc., etc., etc.? All this starts going through your head. It's not because you're a racist or a bigot. It's because that's human instinct. It's an abnormal setting. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. Somebody is coming near you. You get a little bit frightened. And if they don't rob you or rape you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, do you know what they're thinking? They're thinking probably the same thing that you're thinking. What is this person doing out at 2 o'clock in the morning? So this is the human condition. This is human experience. This is human intuition, human instinct. 
It's basic biology and physiology. It's basic humanity. It's humanity 101. Now, if we can get past that, then to be fair to what I would consider to be hysterical reactions to things that are blowing incredibly out of context, there is absolutely, no doubt about it, discrimination against certain groups of people. In fact, I would go as far to say that there is discrimination against all forms of people. And although we centralize things in the United States, what could be referred to as American centrism, this is a form of discrimination that takes place every single day in virtually, I would imagine, every single country. I mean, we think of native aboriginal people. Do you think all the native aboriginal people, whether in the United States or in, in Australia or in Africa you, you, or South America, you think they all just get together? You think the tribe over there gets together with the tribe over there, even if they look exactly the same? No, they're at war with each other. I have a lot of Native American in me. I say that not to brag or to give myself some credibility, but I say that because I have a little Native American in me. I studied a little bit about different Native cultures. And the first thing that you learn if you actually study Native cultures is you realize they're just like us. They just have different cultural different traditional things. And we romanticize Native Americans here in the United States. And although to acknowledge that we romanticize Native Americans in the United States, some people use that argument to say, well, they deserve to be slaughtered because they were savages. I don't think that. But you have to realize that Native tribes were warring with each other. It, it, they didn't live in complete peace and were singing kumbaya and they were dancing around a bonfire every night and everybody was happy. You think the tribes in Africa or South America, you think the tribes in Australia, you think, you think these aboriginal people that are very much separated from our mainline civilization? You think these aboriginal people just all live in peace with one another? No, they slaughter each other just like civilization, just like civilized people do to each other. And it's not because somebody's got darker skin or somebody has a different sexual identification. I wonder how many sexual identifications there are in aboriginal tribes. I wonder about that. But see, the point is, it's instinct... It's intuition, and it's completely natural. Now, you might interpret that to mean, Ryan, you're, you're saying racism is natural. Well, in a sense, it kind of is, but that doesn't justify what racism is now defined as because racism is now defined differently. See, the ministry of truth is the ministry of lies. It's doublespeak. And racism is very similar to the ministry of truth. Because the ministry of truth says this group is racist, this group cannot be racist. No, that's the opposite of the definition of racism. Racism is any kind of discrimination, any kind of prejudice. And some forms of discrimination and some forms of prejudice are instinctual. 
That doesn't mean that consciously we don't override them because we are conscious and aware beings, some of us, but it's still instinctual. It's still intuitive. I'm a little bit concerned about this person who looks different than me, but so long as they don't stab me, they don't rape me, they don't steal from me, they're okay. And all that is processed in a matter of seconds, maybe in some situations a matter of minutes. But overall, we all have that process in our brain. I mean, you're probably not thinking that when you go out, take a walk, take a jog, go to the store. You're not thinking, is this person going to rape me? Are they going to they gonna mug me? But it's all processing in your brain because it's, it's instinct. It's intuition. And again, if you're taking a walk at 2 o'clock in the morning as opposed to 2 o'clock in the afternoon, it doesn't really matter if the person that's walking towards you looks like you or doesn't look like you. You're in an abnormal situation. It's dark. Lines are blurred. And that person might mug you. That person might be taking a stroll just like you and they might be concerned that you're walking towards them. Of course, women might be a little bit more frightened in that situation. But if you're a woman walking and you see another woman walking at 2 in the morning, you're probably not going to be as frightened than if you saw a six-foot-five guy coming towards you. Does that mean that women are prejudiced and discriminating against men? Well, in some ways, and men do that towards women. You know, I, I just can't. See, this is why I can't date, and this is why I can't have many friends, because if I talk to a woman who's kind of aware of things, and I explain, well, you know, every relationship I've had, I've been used, I've been manipulated, I've been stolen from, I've been cheated on. They're like, yeah, well, men do bad things too. And I'm thinking, yeah, men do a lot of bad things, and men probably treated you really bad, but I'm, I'm saying that th- there's an equal playing field. Well, I don't know about that. I, th- I think men treat women disproportionately. I think human beings treat each other disproportionately. Why does this have to be about women? Why does this have to be about men? Why does this have to be about one group or another? See, if we made this about humans and about treating humans equally as opposed to certain vested interest special groups, we could perhaps solve the problem. But the problem is not going to be solved as we perceive a problem to exist with laws and policies and governments and institutions and political representatives that give speeches and say they support hashtag this or that. You know how the problem is solved? The problem is solved through conscious awareness. It's solved through context and learning about history. And it's solved by living as an individual within the collectivized system the way that you know to be right and true. If you live that way and demonstrate it, that's the best thing that you can do. Because, you know, I I go out and I see these signs. This is what really got me thinking about tonight's show. I see these signs places, and and they could be about racism or they could be about COVID-19. Here in New York, I'm in Bloomfield, New York, but when I go into the city of Rochester... I see spray paint, I see graffiti, I see businesses that tag their own buildings that'll say things like, not not just Black Lives Matter, but particularly, it'll say, end racism now. And it's kind of like the McDonald's sign that says, like, two billion served. It's like, okay, I'll have one. End racism now. Okay. 
Is it is it ended because you spray painted your your business? Is it ended? No, it's still there. Well, we're going to continue to vandalize and spray paint and protest and march until it's ended. Well, good luck with that, because that's not going to do a damn thing. In fact, all you're doing is creating more division. If you really want to come together and be equal, you need to do it as a human being. Now, the really messed up thing is individually working within the collective of our society, we have culture, we have traditions, we have ethnicities, we have religions, and all of this can come together and all of this can be accepted as a form of equality and we can look at each other and accept each other and we can say nothing to the effect of what other people look like or what other people believe unless we're trying to maybe learn about them. Tell me about your culture. Where are you from, etc. We have those conversations with people every day. You know, you meet someone new. Where are you from? Where did you live? Do you like your new job? Someone at work? We meet people all the time like this. But the notion that equality does not exist because certain groups of people are over there and certain groups of people over there. So we need to bring everybody together into a collective farm hive mind and then direct it from a central source. That'll create equality. No, that demolishes equality. That demolishes culture. That demolishes tradition. If you really want equality, you really want to maintain your traditions, you really want to live in an equitable environment, be yourself and treat others in a way that you know is right. Anything else has been weaponized as a tool to separate people and to restructure and reshape society. I'll tell you a little bit more about this when we come back. We're dealing with rampant idealism. That's the problem. Idealism. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere. More after this. Send us an email at rdgable at yahoo.com. Let us know what you think about the show, what you'd like to hear on upcoming shows. rdgable at yahoo.com. Don't go anywhere. This is The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings or our website, thesecretteachings.info. If you're looking for something to do while you're quarantined or locked down at home, check out www.thesecretteachings.info. For our entire show archive, there you'll find every single broadcast after it airs, and you can download and stream every single one of those shows with great guests and timeless subjects. Right now, it's only $35 for a one-year subscription to the archive and a free copy of one of my books with free shipping in the United States. It supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and it supports you. You can also check out my three books independently, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. Read reviews and see the books at www.thesecretteachings.info. Whether you subscribe, purchase a book, 
or you simply listen to the show five nights a week. It's a great way to stay informed and to be entertained. Again, that's www.thesecretteachings.info, thesecretteachings.info, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings and shoot us an email at rdgable at yahoo.com. Alex X. Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings t-shirts are now available through TeePublic and the show website at thesecretteachings.info. Whatever your color or size, check out the full selection on our website. Shirt designs include the Secret Teachings logo, our Occult Arcana shirt, the infamous Mothman, and of course the Blue Chicken Avian shirts, among others like the Paranormal Desert shirt. Check them out on TeePublic by searching for The Secret Teachings or simply visit thesecretteachings.info and select the merchandise option at the top of the page. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. is out there. There's something out here. And so are we. KTOK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast, where we expose frauds, say the uncomfortable, and discover patterns. And you're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Understand the procedure now. Just stop a few of their machines and radios and telephones and lawnmowers. Throw them into darkness for a few hours and then sit back and watch the pattern. And this pattern is always the same? With few variations. They pick the most dangerous enemy they can find. And it's themselves. All we need to do is sit back and watch. Mars, the New York Times bestselling author of Crossfire, Rule by Secrecy, Rise of the Fourth Reich, 
and my latest one, Our Occulted History. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is the Secret Teachings radio broadcast right here on the Fringe FM, Monday through Friday at the same time each night. Catch a repeat of an older episode immediately after the Secret Teachings is over. So it's four hours of the Secret Teachings, too new, too old, Monday through Friday on the Fringe FM. Idealism. What is idealism? It's the practice of forming or pursuing ideals, especially those that are unrealistic. As opposed to pragmatism, pragmatism is dealing with things sensibly and realistically in a way that is based on what is practical rather than what is a theoretical consideration. I think societally, we suffer from rabid idealism. One of the things that I keep seeing on signs and buildings that are spray-painted are statements like, end racism now. And I always think the same thing. I look around, check behind me, look under my feet, look up in the air. Is, Is racism gone? Well, no, Ryan, you don't understand. It's bringing attention. I don't think anybody really needs attention brought to discrimination and prejudice, do you? You might even say discrimination and prejudice, what does that have to do with racism? Well, it's just the definition of the word, but I know that it's been redefined because the redefining of words and the restriction of language and the cancer, cancer, I'll see it's a Freudian slip, it's a cancer culture. The cancel culture, this is all part of the cultural revolution. See, idealism is pursuing something that is unrealistic. Would it be nice if people were not prejudiced against others? But what exactly is a prejudice? It's a judgment, but we judge people all the time. You ever been on a date? You immediately judge the other person. You know, he's too small. He's not tall enough. I don't like his facial hair. He's got a beer gut. I don't like his shoes. She doesn't have big enough breasts. Her ass is too big. You know, I really don't like her pants. You know, she, she looks weird. She's got a crooked tooth. Or, you know, we judge people. That's what human beings do. It's instinctual. Think about mating. Think about dating. Think about meeting a woman or a man for the first time. What do we do to them? Immediately, even if we're not dating, even if we're not trying to date, even if we're just talking to a friend, men and women interacting with each other. What do you do? You immediately, without even consciously knowing it, you examine their entire body and their face, and your brain is processing the information and saying, would this be an ideal match for me? Is this person healthy based on their facial features and their breasts and their 
legs and their hips? Would this woman be an ideal mating partner? Would she be able to carry a child to term? You might think I'm, I'm totally crazy, but you don't think that consciously unless you're specifically looking, you know. But I don't know anybody who specifically looks at people and be like, yeah, she or he would be a great partner. They don't think that consciously. That's the instinct. It's like breathing. I don't have to think about it. You'd be too overwhelmed with the animal instinct if that's just how you looked at the world. Maybe if you're really trying to have a child, you really want to have a, have a baby, you really want to have a family, yeah, you're going to look at people like that maybe more consciously, but in general, we interact with people every day. They might not even be someone that you would ever consider going out with, but we look at them and we think, hmm, nice breasts, hmm, he's got a nice beard, hmm. It's all subconscious. I think they'd be a good mate. That's all discrimination. That's all prejudice because we might come to the conclusion that I'm not really attracted to that person. And see, even personal preference now has been defined as a form of discrimination. And it's a weird form of discrimination because, you know, I'm very frank with you, so let me explain something here. I'll give you one of my personal preferences. I've always been attracted to Asian ladies. And uh, it's interesting in radio because that seems to be a pretty big thing in radio, you know, with Art Bell. But I've always been attracted to Asian ladies. I'm being frank with you. That doesn't mean I hate other groups of people. It just means that I'm very attracted to Asian ladies. It's It's just a preference. But see, people would say, And they do say, and I've been told this before, that's racist to be attracted to a Chinese girl or to a Japanese girl. That's racist. You can't give preferential treatment. Well, that sounds really negative, but it is kind of preferential treatment because that's the person I'm attracted to. You can insert in this monologue here whatever you you choose to be. I mean, it could be a preference of a food, or it could be a preference of a car, or a preference of a place to live. If you say, I don't want to live in the city, well, you're discriminating against city life and city people. No, I just don't like the city. Well, that's discrimination. That's prejudice. That's cityism. I don't really want to live in the country. I'd rather live in the city. (gasps) That's discrimination against people that live in the country. That's discrimination against farmers and rednecks and hicks and hillbillies and people that live in trailers. That's discrimination. No, I just prefer to live in the city. Prejudice. Well, well, yeah, it is prejudice. I don't like the country. You know, for me, personally, I don't like the city. I want to live in the country. I get along with people in the country better. They're not uptight, usually. That's discrimination against people that live in the city. You must hate No, I just don't like the city. I like the countryside. I personally am not attracted to certain races of people. That doesn't mean if I met someone, you know, if you're talking about relationships that was of a particular group of people that I'm not normally attracted to and I got along with them, maybe I would become attracted to them because consciously we can override those biological instincts if there's a justifiable conscious reason to do so. I'm not really attracted to Indian women. I'm not really attracted to black women. 
Does that mean I hate Indians and blacks? No, it just means it's a preference. Oh, you're, it's prejudice. And then the other thing is, if I was like, well, you know, I think I'll, uh, because I'm white, I think I'll, uh, I'll date a black lady. You can't do that. That's racism. Okay, well, I don't want to date a black lady. Oh, you can't do that either. That's racism. Well, what can I do? You can die, white man. I'm just a little bit confused about all this stuff. Because the whole idea of end blank now, and it could apply to a number of things. End racism now. End sexual violence now. End poverty now. End homelessness now. End lying and dishonesty now. End drug use now. End distrust in medicine and end distrust in law and end distrust in politics and end distrust in media. Well, let's look around. We look over here, look over here, look up there, and look down there. Did uh, any of it end? Nope. You know why none of it ended? Because people are too busy holding signs and spray painting and vandalizing and hashtagging and social mediaing to act in accordance with their to act in accordance with their ideology with what they profess to believe because to take responsibility and to actually live and to act a way that is socially acceptable within any perceived social norm and outside the social norm that takes a little bit of energy and effort we'd rather expel that energy and effort with holding signs and saying end it now end what now well, end racism. You can't dispute that racism is a is a problem. Sure, racism is a problem. Everybody discriminates against everybody else. And on one end of the spectrum, it's a natural, instinctual, biological thing. Doesn't justify hatred. It doesn't justify murder. It doesn't justify rape. Doesn't justify theft. But it is a natural instinct. And it doesn't matter what the other person looks like because if you're outside walking at 2 o'clock in the morning, somebody's walking towards you and they look different than you, even if they look the same, you're probably going to be a little bit worried. And that person, whether you look the same as them or you look different, they're probably going to be a little bit worried too. Then you pass each other and <sighs> deep breath. Maybe as a man, you're walking at two o'clock in the morning, you see a pretty lady coming down the road. That might be a different story. Maybe you try to talk to her. She's probably going to be a little bit worried. You're a big guy walking down the street at two o'clock in the morning. This whole thing is based on unrealistic expectations. Do you really think that simply by saying something, end it now, that is a novelty, that is a catchphrase, that is a hashtag. The real world does not operate in that fashion. If you really want to change things, then you need to enact that change on an individual level. Because regardless of what you think about discrimination in any form, by any definition, there is no government there is no government policy. There is no non-governmental organization. There is no institute. There is no foundation. There is no group. There is no association. There is no hashtag. There is no social media company. There is nothing and there is nobody that can fix those problems as you perceive them. It's no different than the idealism of we should have free food for everybody. We should have free housing for everybody. We should have free school for everybody. We should have free wealth. Everybody gets wealth. Free health. Everybody gets free health care. It's like, okay, idealistically, wouldn't that be nice if you just food was given to you and housing was given to you and schooling was given to you and all this money was given to you and 
healthcare was given to you, and it's just it's a great, wonderful place to live. That is unrealistic. Although, all those things can be achieved. They can be achieved. They've been achieved in the past, and they are detrimental to human life. They are detrimental to human culture, tradition, society, and civilization. What do I mean by that? Well, you want free food and you want free housing. Well, you're going to get the food that somebody wants to give you, the housing that somebody wants to give you. You're going to get the schooling somebody wants to give you. You're going to get that universal basic income that they want to give you. You're going to get the free health care they give you. You're going to take the shots and take the drugs and take the surgeries and ultimately take the demise pill. What I'm getting at here, what I'm really digging at, is if you want the idealistic environment to live in, once you obtain it, I guarantee you it's not something that you're going to want because the only way you're going to ultimately obtain these free things and ultimately end racism, end sexism, end poverty, end homelessness, end drug use, end lying, end distrust in media, end distrust in law, end distrust in politics, end distrust in media, is through violence. It is through centralized control. It's through what sounds nicely like coercive persuasion. You're going to be coerced and persuaded into doing exactly what the central authority wants you to do. See, that's why today we're facing not a revolution of consciousness and racial equality and equitable living conditions for all people, we're facing a cultural revolution which is unfolding not unlike cultural revolutions of the past. It's based on a herd mentality, it's based on groupthink, and it's based on collectivized thought. The foundation further of which is manufactured consensus. Because when you buy a product that you don't necessarily need, which is virtually most of our possessions. We don't need them, per se. We buy things based on emotion. You don't really need that candy bar. You don't really need that beer. You don't really need that soda. You don't really need whatever it is that you're buying. But you buy it because it's a nice, cool drink. It's a nice snack. It's a nice pair of shoes. We buy those things because they make us feel secure. They fill the empty void that otherwise could be filled with some form of spiritual growth. We purchase these things. We buy these things because the way that they are sold to us is by playing on our emotion. It'll make you feel better if you have this. It's a social convention to drink, and by drinking with other people, it makes you feel good. It makes other people feel comfortable with you. If you don't drink, it's why is this guy not drinking? Emotion. It's an emotional reaction. And with this emotional reaction, when it can be played on like an instrument, hysteria can be created. And I'm reminded of the Oracle of Delphi. The Oracle of Delphi would breathe in these noxious vapors from within the earth. And when she breathed in the noxious vapors, she'd go into convulsion, she'd start speaking in tongues and well, she was poisoning herself and then she was convulsing and people thought that this was prophetic, that the gods were speaking through her, but she was really just breathing, breathing in 
noxious substances and, and, and poisoning herself. So when the priestess, when the oracle gave her oracle, people took it to be the word of God. It was hysteria, though. Quite literally, it was hysterical. She was hysterical. It was not logical. It was not based on any kind of supernatural guidance. And this is how our emotional state is manipulated today. The noxious fumes that we breathe in societally, culturally, whether that's nationally or internationally on a global scale, the noxious fumes we breathe in are not based on logic. They are based on artificial stimuli that trigger emotional responses based on patterns of human behavior. And so when you sell a product and you advertise that product and you, you want people hopefully to purchase that product, oftentimes companies most of the time prey on emotion. Here on The Secret Teachings, I don't do that. I, I prey on logic. If you are a logical person, you'd like to learn about food, I have a food book called Food Philosophy, which details some of this stuff about the food industry, about vaccinations, etc. It's all well documented. It's all in the book. And I try to sell it for a very reasonable price. I'm not appealing to your emotion. I'm not telling you, well, you're a moron if you don't buy this. You're an idiot if you don't learn about this. It's just on the website. If you'd like a copy, there it is, Food Philosophy. I have a massive compilation of occult material from witchcraft to voodoo to philosophy to theology to symbolism and everything in between called Occult Arcana. It's available. It's right there. I'm not playing on your emotion by saying, oh, you're dumb if you don't want to learn about these symbols. You're dumb if you don't want to learn about what that means or what this means. No, it's like, well, if you want to learn about these things, here's a great book. I'll also recommend other books I didn't write and I don't make any money from. It's not emotional. If you want to learn about UFOs, you want to learn about black goo, you want to learn about technology, artificial intelligence, I have a book for that too. It's called The Technological Elixir. It's also on the website. I'm not telling you you're a moron if you don't want to learn about AI. You're a moron if you don't want to learn about the music industry or UFOs. It's like, no, it's just information. And if you'd like to purchase it, it supports the show, it supports you, it supports the network. That's it. It's not emotional. Can I be emotional? Yeah. Is emotion a good thing? Yeah. Emotion defines human beings. That's why when we're talking about a cultural revolution and idealism, that's why emotion is dangerous because emotion and people's perception of the world based on morality and ethics, which I believe are maintained by most people, these things are exploited and people are coercively persuaded into supporting this revolution, into supporting collectivized group thought and manufactured consensus. Because when you sell a product and you sell it with emotion rather than logic and reason, there are other things that can be sold. Those other things that can be sold are concerns. You should be concerned with this group, that group. You should be concerned with this cause, with that cause. And you should be concerned about all of these things at once, which creates cognitive and emotional overload and people become hysterical or people shut down entirely and don't support anything. And then they're accused of being violent because they're silent. No, they're just fried. They're burned out because they can't care about anything anymore. You've drained them of their energy. You've sucked the life out of them. So products can be sold. Concerns can be sold. You know what else can be sold? 
social issues, why you should care about certain social issues. People that are pro or anti something, they're going to try to convince you you should be concerned with this. And if you're not concerned with it, you must be one of those people over there. You're pro-abortion, you're anti-abortion. I tell people, I'm not pro-abortion, I'm not anti-abortion. I mean, I'm not at all promoting abortion and thinking you should go have one to have one, but I don't think that it's so black and white. And it's just like, it rocks back and forth. Well, I'm not really pro-abortion. Oh, you're anti-abortion. Well, no, not really. Also, you're pro-abortion. No, I'm not any of these things. <laughs> I'm not any of them. I don't support any of this crap. How could you say it's crap? It's a significant, important part of a woman's life. She needs to understand reproductive rights. I, listen to me. Look. Listen. Are you listening? Are you looking? Are you paying attention? You do not have to support an ideology, which is the primary thing that is sold to you through this emotional, hysterical, coercive persuasion and cultural revolution that is founded on collectivized thought and manufactured consensus. You do not have to believe anything. You do not have to support anything. You can look at things on a case-by-case basis. In this particular case, this is what I think. And it may change with information that other people provide to me, perspectives that other people provide to me, or by things that I come across on my own. What allows us to do this is critical thought. If we utilize critical thought, it allows us to maintain balance in thought and not be swayed to one particular ideology or another. And of course, the people that are emotional and hysterical are going to say, no, 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 you have to support this, or you're, if you're silent, it's violence. You have to support what we do, or you're a racist. Don't come at me with that ad hominem garbage. All right, don't speak to me like I'm a moron. Don't speak to me like you can coercively persuade me to believe what you believe when I can think critically and I can override the emotional responses that otherwise in you are being exploited by vested interests to create a collectivized, manufactured consensus of thought and groupthink and herd mentality. Don't give me that crap. You're either with us or you're with the terrorists. I don't think so, George Bush. You're either pro-abortion or you're anti-abortion. I don't think so. You're either for the Democrats or the Republicans. I don't think so. Then you must be a libertarian. No, nope, don't think so. Well, you must be an anarchist. No, definitely not an anarchist. Well, you don't believe in the Christian God. You must be one of those Muslims. No, I'm not a Muslim either. Well, you did a show where you, su you supported Islam. No, I've done several shows where I've talked about the foundation of the Islamic belief, which is what a lot of Muslims believe, and not what the Christian or the Jewish world tell you about Islam. That makes you a Muslim. No, it doesn't. I'm not a Muslim. Well, then you've got to be, what are you then? I'm none of these things. Well, then you've got, you've got to be this or that. And I'm not, no, no, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm none of those things. You know what I am? I am a radio show host. That's my identification. And I'm just bringing you information five nights a week. Do with it what you will. I'm just going to say the things that other people won't say or they're unable to say, too scared to say, too frightened to say, and I'll say them for the world to hear. And that's it. Well, well you got to be something. I am something. I'm a human being. Start acting like one 
and then we can solve all the problems that otherwise persist because of divisive tactics being used to restructure our culture and our world. That's the cultural revolution. Break free of the collectivized thought and manufactured consensus. And then maybe you'll see that being a human is being a little bit more important than identifying with a, a group or a hashtag. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this break. listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. If you're looking for something to do while you're quarantined or locked down at home, Check out www.thesecretteachings.info for our entire show archive. There you'll find every single broadcast after it airs, and you can download and stream every single one of those shows with great guests and timeless subjects. Right now, it's only $35 for a one-year subscription to the archive and a free copy of one of my books with free shipping in the United States. It supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and it supports you. You can also check out my three books independently, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. Read reviews and see the books at www.thesecretteachings.info. Whether you subscribe, purchase a book, or you simply listen to the show five nights a week, it's a great way to stay informed and to be entertained. Again, that's www.thesecretteachings.info, thesecretteachings.info. Or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings and shoot us an email at rdgable at yahoo.com. This is Dave Cruz, host of Beyond the Strange, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, mythology to alchemy check out ryan gable's book occult arcana with hundreds of beautiful images if you want to look at technology black goo ufos and demonic packs made in the entertainment industry check out the technological elixir black goo transhumanism and invoking ai and if you want a practical look at food lifestyle and ingredients even those in your pet food with free solutions to better health check out food philosophy all three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and order yours today. It supports The Secret Teachings, you, and The Fringe FM. We've heard your feedback loud and clear. You called it out, and now we're answering. All new live programming, five nights a week. Always remember, The Fringe FM is for you, the listener. And we appreciate your feedback. Keep the feedback coming. You can email us at talkback at thefringe.fm 
call the station at 501-777-5631 or send us a message on Facebook at The Fringe FM. This is Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast, where we expose frauds, say the uncomfortable, and discover patterns. And you're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination. Where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. A reminder that the future is not some distant glimmer, but a bright light shining in your eyes. This is the future we are in right now. Welcome to a future where our true reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark. Welcome. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. Hey, this is Charlie Robinson, the Octopus of Global Control author, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Well, this is David Parker, one of the authors of What Really Makes You Ill, Why Everything You Think You Knew About Disease Is Wrong. I'm Dawn Lester, co-author of What Really Makes You Ill, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. And uh, it's been a pleasure to be here. Hey there, this is Greg Carlwood of the Higher Side Chats, helping people navigate the rough waters of the vast conspiracy at thehiresidechats.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Ryan Gable, and this is the Secret Teachings radio broadcast right here on the Fringe FM, Monday through Friday. You can catch us each night at the same time, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And you can catch an older episode of the Secret Teachings immediately after the new show. Four hours of the Secret Teachings, Monday through Friday. If you want to continue to hear the broadcast, continue to support us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. Email us, stay in touch with me at rdgable, rdgable at yahoo.com, and subscribe to the archive, www.thesecretteachings.info. All you do is donate $35. You get a free copy with free shipping of one of my books, and you get a one-year subscription archive access with username and password on the website, all of our shows, great guests, and timeless subjects. Coercive persuasion is the method by which people are herded into a specific form of mentality, the herd mentality, or groupthink, otherwise known as collectivized thought, which is founded on manufactured consensus and emotional reactions, which create states of hysteria. We all know about how products can be sold and products are sold and have been sold 
based on emotional responses and a form of micro-hysteria. I got to have it. I got to have it. I got to have it. But other things are sold to us based on emotion. Concerns are sold to us. Consensuses are sold to us. Social issues are sold to us. And ideology is sold to us. Now, ideology is an interesting word because ideology, something is ideological is a system of ideas and ideals, especially one which forms the basis of economic or political theory and policy. We can apply this, of course, to religion or sexuality or something to that effect. An ideology is a system of ideas and ideals. Now, out of that definition comes ideal or idealism, the practice of forming or pursuing ideals, especially those that are un realistic, meaning that many ideologies are incredibly unrealistic when applied to the real world. When you compare it to pragmatism, which is dealing with things that are realistic, it creates an extreme contrast and polarity. Idealism is the primary method by which the cultural revolution is carried out. This is done with hashtags and phrases and slogans and things of this nature, like end racism now, end sexism now, end sexual violence now, end poverty now, end homelessness now, end drug use now, end the distrust in medicine, in law, in politics, in media. We should have free food and free housing and free schooling and free health care. We should have all of these things and we should end all the bad things. Well, we're waiting. Did they end with your demonstration or with your sign? Did they end when you screamed, when you yelled, when you peacefully protested? I'm not saying those things are bad, that you shouldn't do them. If it's peaceful, go demonstrate. You know, there are, there are absolutely times throughout history when unpeaceful demonstrations have been necessary to maintain some form of social order and cohesion, of course, not by the standards of those people in power that are being demonstrated against. But you have to understand something about idealism. People are rabid with idealism. This isn't how it should be. It should be like XYZ, not YZS, not ABC. It should be like CBA. It should be like something else, not like it is now. Great. It should perhaps be like what you think it should be. But that doesn't mean things change. You want to change things? You want things to be different? You want to end racism now? Start with yourself. Stop using genetic guilt, ancestral guilt, to accuse people of what their ancestors might have been responsible for. There's a good start. But see, ancestral guilt is part of the Cultural Revolution. It's part of the Marxist playbook. You know, during the Communist Revolution in China, late 40s into the 50s, Cultural Revolution that really spawned in the late 50s into the 60s, one of the primary concerns that the government had were that people who maybe they support the Communist Party, 
And maybe they legitimately support the party, not just with words. They are still guilty of what their parents or grandparents believed. And they had to disavow them. They had to say, I'm not a part of that. And they had to go to struggle sessions. You know that mainstream media outlets. You can go to mainstream media outlets in the United States today. You can fill out papers and explain why you are a polluter. That's a thing. You have ecological guilt. You have pollution guilt. You can go admit to breathing, to having children. There are literally digital struggle sessions occurring now within the mainstream paradigm. The historical ignorance, and by extension the lack of this context, and the lack of critical thinking creates an environment in which we think, Well, all of these things sound really good. I should express that what my ancestors believed was wrong. And I'm not like my ancestors. Except the people that drive you to do that, they have their own ideology. They have their own belief. It's not an open and free form of association. You do what... The mob says. And the mob, although it might seem chaotic, the mob has strings attached to it. One of their tools, one of their weapons is idealism. Don't you think men shouldn't rape women? Yeah. Well, then sign this petition. No, I'm not signing your petition. Well, then you support rape. No, idiot. You polarized moron. Do you support a clean environment? Of course. Well, sign this petition. Well, who supports that? What's the, what's the group and organization you're involved with? Why does it matter? You want a clean environment, sign the paper. Do you support gay marriage? I don't really care one way or another. If you want to get married, get married. If you don't want to get married, don't get married. What does it matter to me? Well, then you hate gay people. No. I just don't want to support anything. Well, that's violence if you're silent. I mean, how many fallacies can these people utilize in their conversations and in their, within their ideology? Their ideology is a fallacy. It's all based on the false dilemma. You support us, you say what we say, you do what we do, or you are the enemy. Newsflash. I'm not the enemy because I don't support you. I'm not the enemy because I don't hold up a sign. I'm not the enemy because I don't sign a petition. I'm not the enemy because I don't believe in your ideology. I'm not the enemy because I think within the balanced context of emotion and reason. I'm not the enemy because I don't have hysterical emotional reactions to things I don't actually understand because I've been radicalized in some form of group or some form of educational structure or system where they redefine words and 
brick by brick build the ministry of truth, where we've never been at war with this group. We've always been at war with this group. If you just set someone down, you try to explain it to them, look, you are being used. You don't want equality. You don't, you, you love racism. You're a racist. No, I'm not a racist. In fact, by definition, the fact that you continue to draw attention to people's differences demonstrates that you, sir, you, ma'am, are a racist. You are a sexist. You are a bigot. Special interests that direct perceived social justices through what we consider to be equitable means by drawing attention to differences that otherwise should be and absolutely are in everyday life, not necessarily celebrated but accepted outside of the instinct and the intuition to look at other people for a brief moment and think, well, they're different than me, that's kind of scary, but I'm going to get along with this person anyway. Just like men look at women, women look at men. Hmm, she'd be a good partner. Hmm, he'd be a good partner. I'd like to have sex with him. It's instinct. You don't even think about it. It's like breathing. It's like blinking. Someone's walking towards you at 2 o'clock in the morning. You're taking a stroll. Probably not going to feel too safe. Especially if you're a small little woman as opposed to some big tall guy. You're probably going to think, oh, is he going to rape me? He's going to rape me. He's going to And the fact is, he's probably not going to rape you. But people have been conditioned to think like, well, every man's a rapist. Every man does this. And then when you try to sit down a person and logically explain it to him, it's like, well, you know, statistically speaking, men and women commit different kinds, but equitable kinds of abuses against each other. And that's what all the statistics show in the United States. That's what all the statistics show in the U.K., well, you, you just don't understand. You know, as a woman, I'm discriminated. Everybody's got to be a, a victim. Everybody's got to have special preferential treatment. You don't understand. You're a white guy. White guys control everything in the United States. You know why white people control more things in the United States? Because white people make up about three quarters of the population. That's why. Well, there should be more women and more black people in positions of power. Why do we have to break things down this way? There are plenty of black people in positions of power. Do you want to disproportionately place black people in positions of power that they don't deserve? Well, there are plenty of white people in positions of power they don't deserve. Yeah, there are. Usually it's hereditary. Usually it's because you've made a deal with the devil. It's because you're blackmailed. You're compromised. You're willing. I mean, you had a black president who was compromised and blackmailed. There should be more women in charge. Well, now women control all the major defense contractors. Does that make you feel better, ladies? Does that make you feel better that women control defense contractors now, that women basically run on the surface the military-industrial complex? Does that make you feel equal? Do you feel equal to men? Yeah, a woman can build weapons of mass destruction just like a man can. It's ludicrous. Here's a better question for you. I don't care what you call me for asking this question. Black people make up about 13% of the population, okay? And people say, well, white people have too many positions of authority. We need more black people. All right, let's humor that for a moment. Let me ask you this question. Jewish people make up how much of the population? You don't need to look it up, I'll tell you. It's about 2%. 
Jewish people disproportionately contribute to political campaigns, primarily Democratic campaigns, to the tune of 50% of all campaign contributions. The Jewish community also has disproportionate control of media and law and entertainment and various political groups. APAC is one of the most powerful groups, the American-Israeli Public Affairs Committee. Now, I ask you this. You're concerned about 13% of black people not having the positions of power that they deserve along with, in the comparison with white people that make up like three-quarters of the population. Why is it that we can be concerned about that but not ask any questions about how 2% of the population control about 50% of the political process? Can anybody explain that to me? Oh, you're racist. You're an anti-Semite. Shut your mouth because you have no idea what you're talking about. You know what you are? If you call me an anti-Semite, you are anti-Gentile. You're anti-Gentile. Besides, I identify as a Jew, so don't say anything. That's my identification. You know, another thing I don't, don't really understand, people will say, like, well, you're a white guy. Well, if that's what you, you want to call I'm, I'm a human, and I can look at other people and say, well, you're native or you're Asian or whatever, and it's like that, that, that can be accepted. I don't really want to, I don't need to have a discussion one way or another. It's just like you're a human being, you're not an asshole, and we get along. They're like, you're a white person. Okay, so I guess that puts me at the bottom of the totem pole. It does, because you're evil. Okay, well, great. I've decided that I'm homosexual now. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's, he's homosexual. And then we elevate the homosexual white man to a position of prominence on the totem pole. I'm sure a totem pole is also racist. You're a racist. You see what I mean? Why is it that a white man who's gay somehow gets more privilege than a white man who's straight? You think about that? And someone who's trans, that's even more significant. You don't support trans people? What are you talking about? Did I say that? Did I imply that? If you think that, that's because you are a prejudice. You are a discriminator. You are whatever ism you want to describe or apply. I think it's funny because um, there's a couple of days ago, I remember uh, Ice Cube was talking on Twitter about Star of David and some stuff like that. Black man, if you, if you didn't know, Ice Cube was a black man. And... uh he was accused of anti-Semitism. So suddenly, that black shield of armor falls right off when you question, hmm, I think that 2% of the Jewish community controlling about 50% of everything in the United States is kind of strange, don't you? Shut up, black man. That's what they tell you. My favorite's also when I a black man or a black woman says, you know what, Planned Parenthood, they murder more black babies, more black people, more black lives than everything combined from heart disease to cancer to police brutality every single year. Hundreds of thousands into the millions of black babies aborted. That roughly 60% or more of all Planned Parenthoods are in walking distance of most black communities and Hispanic communities. And when a black man or a black woman is powerful and says that and says, do not judge me based on the color of my skin, judge me as I will judge you on the content of my and your character. Oh boy, the modern day plantation owners, they do not like that, do they? They say, shut up. 
get back in line, vote Democrat. I'm sure by that statement you think, ah, he's a Republican. No, I'm not a Republican. Not a Republican. It's an insult. Don't call me a Republican, please. Remember what Joe Biden said? He's like, well, you know, well, he's, he's, uh, these poor people are just as, they're just as smart as white people. <laughs> oh, poor kids are just as smart as white kids. And then what else did he say? Oh, if you're having trouble determining who to vote for, you're not a real black man or a real black woman, something to that effect. I mean, this guy is like a classic dementia patient, Alzheimer's pedophile racist. Is that really the best you can do? He's just, he's just a placeholder anyway. Again, what we're suffering from is idealism. In this now, in that now, in this now, in that now. Okay, well, end it then. Get rid of it. Well, it's it's always going to be here. Well, how do we fix it then? How do we fix it if it's always, you know, it's always there? We need social reforms. Well, what does that include? We need laws. We need policies. We need restrictions. Oh, you mean like the ones that segregated the black and white communities that prevented black people from drinking out of white water fountains or going to white schools? We need that kind of law and policy? Because as far as I see it, it's that kind of law and policy and restriction and order that you want the government to enact that created the cultural conditions that you're so concerned about today, even though most people don't experience these kinds of things. And it's anecdotal. It's anecdotal. Because you get some people that doesn't matter their color, doesn't matter who they are, what they believe, but they're like, you know, as a as a Muslim in the United States, I I can do a, pretty much whatever I want to do. I'm not really oppressed and I have uh I don't really have to wear my my scarf or my 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 wrap. And then other Muslims feel more oppressed here than they do in Muslim countries. And then you have women who have had uh, a relatively decent life and maybe they they get with other women and they're like, yeah, I, I, I support women, but you know, I've never been raped or treated bad. Men have always treated me great. Well, you don't understand. Well, no, she doesn't understand because she's not been treated the way that you've been treated. It's not men. This is what, they're just assholes. Men, women, black, white, yellow, orange, red, purple, green, from the north, south, west, east, it doesn't matter. That's what really matters, is that none of the crap matters. Focusing on the color of skin or the color of their religious ideology is discrimination. No, that's just a way to justify the discrimination and the hatred, you racist. You want to look at things by definition, the people that scream that are the biggest racists. And they're usually bourgeois, suburban, young, white people. Kind of ironic, isn't it? Yeah, they are racist, and uh, yeah, I, I don't want to be around them. We get along better in our own communities in general anyway. That doesn't mean that we should segregate things, but that's basically what people that are calling for equality, they want. They want everything segregated within a one-world system. Because that's what the UN is saying with their Agenda 2030, equitable rights for all, women's rights, black rights. You know, in the United States, you have rights that people in other countries don't have. 
You know, in India, men will just grab your hand and say, we're married now, you're meeting my parents. That doesn't happen in the United States. You know, in our country, women have more privileges than men in a lot of cases. As a woman, there are some states you can claim, you know, last night, I really regret having sex with Bob. I'm going to report Bob for rape, and Bob goes to jail. Thanks, ladies. You're saying women do that? No, I'm saying, like, two women do that, okay? And the rest of the population doesn't act like that. Well, then why are you discriminated against women? I'm not discriminating against anybody. I'm saying there are like two people that act like that, and that's, and that's it. You know, men and women treat each other disproportionately in, 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 in terms of relationships, and they abuse each other. Well, men are more brute, and they physically abuse women. Sure, but women also physically abuse men. Yeah, but it's not. Why does it have to be like, yeah, but it's not. Yeah, but, it, you know, this, this is more severe. Who are you to say what is more severe? I don't identify with victimhood, but I've been traumatized by women. It doesn't mean I hate women. I have been lied to. I have been manipulated. I have been stolen from. I have been used and used and used and used and used and used and used. And it's not my opinion. I eventually get it out of the woman I was dating. Yeah, I used you. And I used you 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 and I used you. Does that mean I hate women? No. But there are a lot of men who would be like, yeah, I'm, not, I'm never dating again. I'm not, I don't like women because women treat me like this. Is that justifiable? In a way, yeah, it's absolutely justifiable. Is it justifiable for women to be like, yeah, I've been raped and I've, I've, I've been cheated on, so I don't really trust men anymore. Is that justifiable? Absolutely it's justifiable. Does it justify discrimination? In a sense it does. But someone who's consciously aware says, well, I've been treated like that, but I'm not going to treat women the same. I'm not going to treat men the same. And then you start breaking it down to category. It's like, well... I've had four boyfriends, and two of my boyfriends were white, and two of my boyfriends were black, and the two black guys treated me better than the white guys, so I'm going to date black guys from now on. You want to break it down like that? You know, I've dated the same four people, two are white, two are black, but one was, one was bisexual, and he treated me the best. I think I'm going to date bisexuals from now on. You can break it down forever. You can just keep breaking it down, breaking it down, breaking it down, breaking it down, breaking it down. That's what government agencies do with statistics anyway. You've got your Hispanics, you've got your whites, you've got your Native Americans, and the list goes on and on. They break it down like this many people commit this crime, this many people commit that crime, this many people commit this crime, this many people are murdered, this many people are raped, this many people commit the murder, this many people commit the rape, this many people attack police officers, this many people are attacked by police officers. And then within that category, it's like this many black people, this many white people, this many Hispanic people, this many Latino people, this many Asian people, this many, and it goes on and on and on and on and on. So I want to share something with you going into the final segment tonight. Black Lives Matter, if you go to their website, click donate. Don't donate, though. You can read under the donate page that the money that they acquire is collected through a charity called Act Blue, A-C-T-B-L-U-E, Act Blue. Act Blue. Remember that name. If you do a little bit of a quick internet search for presidential candidate, the dementia pedophile Joe Biden, and you look at his top campaign contributions, millions and millions of dollars, $118 million. Do you know where 
that $119 million came from? It came from Act Blue. Now, wait a minute. I thought Act Blue was collecting money for Black Lives Matter. This isn't my opinion. That's your opinion. That's not my opinion. It's a fact. Act Blue collects the money for Black Lives Matter. Act Blue suddenly has dumped hundreds of millions of dollars to Joe Biden. I'm looking at the websites. I'm looking at the information. That's your opinion. No, it's not my opinion. It's a fact. Act Blue. Act Blue. Act Blue. Act Blue. I'm not saying every dollar, but I'm saying that's kind of suspicious, isn't it? Don't you think that's kind of strange, that's kind of weird, that's kind of odd? Don't you think that all of this is strange, that like the co-founder of Black Lives Matter said the one thing we want is to get rid of the president? This is all part of a ruse. It's all part of a coup. In fact, my friend um, Jack, who comes on the show often as a co-host... Jack called me and he said, I really haven't seen a lot of this political stuff. I'm wondering where it is. The election's coming up. Where's the political stuff? And I said, Jack, you're seeing it. I said, they're keeping Biden locked away in a crypt because the guy is out of his mind. And every time he opens his mouth, he's talking about corn pop and how white people are smarter than black people. And if you don't vote for him, you're, a, you're not black. You're a white person, you know, because the guy's nuts. The guy's he's a placeholder. And I said, you are seeing the political process. You're, you're not seeing campaign advertisements and mudslinging. What you're seeing is the planned social destruction of our society, of our culture in the United States. And you're seeing this around the world. And you're seeing the blame for perceived viral infections being placed on the current administration. All of that's going to be brought up more and more as the election approaches. You're going to see more rioting. You're going to see more waves. There's another wave. And here comes another wave of coronavirus. And that's all part of the political campaigning. That's what it is. It's all part of the political. It's more than that. And it's less than that. And it's exactly that. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. When we come back, I want to share with you Some information I have in this folder here on my desk about crimes and about victimization. And if you really want to learn what some people would call the truth, stay tuned for this next segment because I'm going to read you raw statistical data. And you can say, well, that doesn't apply because anecdotally, I've had a different experience. Well, great, you've had a different experience. It was worse. It was better. But stats still matter to some degree. You can't trust those stats. Well, can I trust your ideology based on collectivized thought? Eh, I don't think so. Stay with us on The Secret Teachings. We'll be back. Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. To contact Ryan, email rdgable at yahoo.com. If you're looking for something to do while you're quarantined or locked down at home, check out www.thesecretteachings.info for our entire show archive. 
There you'll find every single broadcast after it airs, and you can download and stream every single one of those shows with great guests and timeless subjects. Right now, it's only $35 for a one-year subscription to the Archive and a free copy of one of my books with free shipping in the United States. It supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and it supports you. You can also check out my three books independently, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. Read reviews and see the books at www.thesecretteachings.info. Whether you subscribe, purchase a book, or you simply listen to the show five nights a week, it's a great way to stay informed and to be entertained. Again, that's www.thesecretteachings.info, thesecretteachings.info, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings, and shoot us an email at rdgable at yahoo.com. This is Reverend John M. Polk from johnpolkmedia.com, and you are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. We've heard your feedback loud and clear. You called it out, and now we're answering. All new live programming, five nights a week. Always remember, The Fringe FM is for you, the listener, and we appreciate your feedback. Keep the feedback coming. You can email us at talkback at thefringe.fm, call the station at 501-777-5631, or send us a message on Facebook at The Fringe FM. Yeah, you're a proper pro. And I just want to thank you, Ryan, for having me on. I've heard a few of your shows, and you go deep, brother. You go deeper than a deep sea diver in a shipwreck. So uh been great to be a part of your show. You've got a tremendous amount of knowledge yourself. You've clearly put in the hours of research, and I commend you for that. So I'm very happy to have been a part of your show today. Thanks again for the invitation. This is Mark Devlin, author of Musical Truth, Volumes 1 and 2 musicaltruthbook.com online and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable I'm Ryan Gable, your host 
And you are listening to the Secret Teachings radio broadcast right here on the Fringe FM, where you can catch us five nights a week. Immediately after the new broadcast, Monday through Friday, you can find a repeat of an older show. So you get a total of four hours of the Secret Teachings. And check us out on social media at facebook.com forward slash the Secret Teachings, the website www.thesecretteachings.info. And please utilize the email, contact us, let us know what you think of the show rdgable at yahoo.com now I said in the last segment that I wanted to talk about stats I wanted to talk about statistics I've run into this statistical response from a couple of people that I've spoken to recently and it's something that just when I have conversations it inspires me for radio and one of the things that I've run into is that I've been told that when I show statistics of crime, of victimization, and things like this, whether it's based on race, or it's based on sex, or it's based on age, or it's based on whatever, I've been told that statistics are not things that can be trusted. And since statistics cannot be trusted, the implication by extension is that the ideology of the person telling me this still must be correct. So. Let me give you an example. If you say white people, because you're a racist and you want to classify people by race, white people are disproportionately in control of business and all kinds of powerful positions in the United States. I would agree with that. White people are in positions of power. Disproportionate to other groups of people. There's a reason for that, though. It's not like the population is split 50-50 and one side controls everything and the other side controls nothing. It's black people making up 13% of the population and white people making up upwards of 60 to 70% of the population. So, of course, white people are going to have more control politically, economically, financially, institutionally, than black people. Because that's the statistical data. That's the census for the United States of America. Oh, it's racist. No, it's a statistical fact. Now, if you go to, I don't know, Ghana, Kenya, Go to some African country. What do you think you're going to find there in those African countries? Go to South Africa, where white people are murdered and white farmers are executed and driven off their land. Go to places like Africa. I'm not saying Africa is a bad place. I'm saying go to places like Africa. What are you going to to see in Africa? You're going to see predominantly and probably exclusively in most countries an entirely black leadership because they are predominantly black countries. If you go to Saudi Arabia, you go to Iran, are you going to find like a Christian imam? You're going to find a Christian prince? No, you're going to find Muslims. Why? Because they're Muslim countries. And most of them 
are not like the United States in the sense that although it's predominantly one particular group of people, if you're people like uh, Omar, who comes from Somalia, who's got royal blood there and comes from a country where slavery is still not just legal, it's part of the main economic driving force of Somalia, you can come to the United States and you can get power in the United States as a woman and as a Muslim and as an anti-American scumbag the goodwill of the American people still allow you to hold office. It's incredible. But then you sit there and you talk about how bad America is. Now, I'm not, I'm not a USA, USA person, but I'm telling you, there's something wrong. There's something missing here. We have a pretty free and open society. You go to, like, uh, go to China. Let's go to China for a second. Let's take a trip to China. You know, you're in China. You don't really... Uh, have the ability to say what you think, do you? Because if you do, oh, it don't matter if you've got money, if you've got political power. It don't matter if you're second in charge to the president, to the dictator. You say something that the Chinese Communist Party says is wrong, you go bye-bye. Bang. That's how it works. Oh, but the United States, it's such a horrible place. So we need to censor people because they say things that are offensive. I don't think you really get it, do you? Trump's a dictator. I don't like Trump, but he's not a dictator. He's a dictator. Then all your little protests and riots would have been stopped by a barrage of bullets, by a barrage of machine gun fire and arrests that would have shut down any attempt to create civil unrest and insurrection. That's not even just a dictator. I mean, that, that that's just in if you have total insurrection, that's. You could argue one way or another, depending on the circumstances, of course. That's probably just good leadership. I mean, what's, a, what's somebody supposed to do? Just sit there and be like, yeah, you can destroy the cities. I mean, yeah, in that context, that's exactly what Hitler did. Hitler got tired of the vandalism of Germany and said, nah, we're, we're stopping this right now. Arrest them, round them up, kick them out of the country. You're not going to participate in this open society. You're not going to participate and have a job. You want to get things handed to you. Get the hell out of here. Oh, it's racist. It's xenophobia. No. It's none of those things. So, you want to talk about discrimination? Go to Somalia. You want to talk about discrimination? Go to some of these African countries. Go, go, to, go to some Asian countries. Go to a communist country. You talk about discrimination. Oh, they don't care if you're rich. They don't care if you're black. You don't care if you're white. They don't really care what you are as long as you agree with what? The ideology. The ideology is what's primarily important. You can be, you, I had some lady from Asia, she was from China. Some lady from China told me one time, she said, if you're in China, she said, I've known people that are very wealthy. She was younger, but she said, I've just, stories that people that are very wealthy and they disagree with the Communist Party, they disappear. Their cars, everything just vanishes. Now there's someone new living in their house and we don't know where the person went. Now it's because it doesn't matter if you're rich. Doesn't matter if you're poor, doesn't matter what your skin color is, what you think. If you disagree with the ideology, oh, well, then you go bye bye. And that's the slow incremental process of this cultural revolution. Agree with us or bang, bang, or jail time. So black people make up 13% of the population. I didn't want to dwell on this tonight, but let's read some statistics. Black people make up 13% of the U.S. population. Now, these statistics vary by year, and they're usually collected over a, a long period of time. The Department of Justice statistics for 1980 through 2008, over almost 30 years, black people committed 
52% of homicides. White people committed 45% of homicides. Why do you think that is? Think about the statistics. It's like, well, black people committed more homicides, so you know that immediately makes all black people bad. No, I don't think so. That's just asinine. But it's interesting because if black people make up 52% of homicides and white people 45%, how many black people are in the country? 13%? So 13% of the population makes up over half of all homicides. That's a lot. 2% of the population contributes to over half of all campaign contributions. That's a lot. And there are equally as many things that white people that make up a majority of the population are proportionately responsible and guilty for. But it's not black people. It's not white people. It's not Jewish people. It's people that have vested interests, that have ideologies, that have political agendas, people that are just not conscious. FBI statistics show that for a couple of years beyond 2018, in 2013, criminals that were identified as black carried out 38% of murders compared with 31% for whites. Again, when you compare 13% of the population to about 60% of the population, huge difference. From 2011 to 2013, 38, almost 39% of people arrested for murder, manslaughter, rape, and robbery, as well as aggravated assault like George Floyd, were black. Almost half, even though they make up 13% of the population. Black males in particular, who ranged from teenage years of 15 to 34, accounted for around 3% of the population, but were responsible for nearly half of all the people arrested for murder, manslaughter, rape, robbery, and aggravated assault. That is an incredible number. You're a racist. Shut up. These are statistics. They're not true. How can you trust the official statistics? Well, I'm not saying that exactly 38.5% of people arrested for murder, manslaughter, rape, robbery, and aggravated assault were black. I'm saying that generally speaking, based on unifying crime reports and other forms of crime reporting, this is the statistical data. I'm not saying it's even right to break it down by black, white, Asian, but this is the information that we have. My information is based on statistics with the open acknowledgement that, yeah, maybe it's not so accurate. Your information is based on emotion. It's based on collectivized thought. It's based on hysteria. It's based on perceived slights and injustices and ancestral guilt. It's based on groupthink, herd mentality, and collectivized thought and manufactured consensus. So shut up if you don't have anything to support what you're saying. And obviously I'm not talking to somebody directly. I'm saying in general, because I'm sure many of you feel the same way. This is just reality. This isn't to demean one group of people. This is just statistics. You want to learn about inequality, let's learn about inequality. According to data from the Centers for Disease Control, in the first decade of the 21st century, 2,151 white people died as a result of being shot by police compared with 1,130 black people. Now, of course you'd expect to see more white people because whites make up a larger percentage of the population. Is that true? We've already been over this. However, the problem here is that although black people were murdered at about half the rate of white people by police... Black people also commit over half of all of these, roughly half, 40% or so, of murder, manslaughter, rape, robbery, and aggravated assault. 
meaning that white people who commit less violent crimes are more likely to be shot and killed by police than black people for committing more serious crimes. These are CDC statistics. FBI statistics from 2007 show that a black male is 40 times as likely to assault a white person than a white person is to assault a black person. Are there variables? Uh, Yeah, there are lots of variables. But how about the real killer of black people? Let's think about the real killer. What really kills black people? Well, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention released abortion surveillance reporting. And according to that reporting, they release it on occasion every couple of years. According to that report, the most recent one, black women made up 14% of the childbearing population. Black women. Yet, 36% of all abortions were obtained by black women. That's a ratio of nearly 500 abortions per 1,000 live births. Black women have the highest ratio of any group in the country, though they make up just 14% of the population. There's a group called Protecting Black Lives, not Black Lives Matter, Protecting Black Lives. I don't think they're donating all their money to the Biden campaign like Act Blue is, but Protecting Black Lives in a 2012 study, found that 79% of Planned Parenthood's surgical abortion facilities are located within walking distance of minority communities. In 2011, according to the CDC, 360,000 black babies were aborted. Same year, 287,072 black deaths occurred from all other causes excluding abortion, meaning that abortion is solely responsible for killing more black people than any kind of communicable, as they call it, or non-communicable disease, any kind of racially motivated violence, police violence. Add it all up, add it all up, add it all up, add it all up. Abortion kills more black people than any other group of people. Even though women only make up 14% of the population, they get nearly half of all abortions. Here are numbers from Statista. It's a website that compiles statistics. Published by Statista Research Department, June 5th, 2020, recently. Now think of this, not in black and white. None of this should be thought of in black and white. But you want to have that discussion, let's have that discussion. 429 civilians have been shot, 88 of whom were black as of June 4th, 2020. So, as of June 4th, 2020, just this month, a couple of weeks ago, 429 people have been shot by police. 88 were black. That leaves a large number of people who were not black who have also been shot by police. Now, a couple of years ago, there were nearly 1,000 fatal police shootings, 996. In 2019 that figure increased to just over 1,000. The rate of fatal police shootings among black Americans was higher than for any other ethnicity, standing at 30 fatal shootings per million of the population as of June 2020. So every million black people, 13% of the population, for every million black people, 30 are fatally shot by police. 30 are fatally shot by police. Now, we have no need to dismiss this number, but I'd like to know why 30 black lives are more important 
than the 360,000 black lives that are slaughtered by the eugenics operation that is Planned Parenthood. Can somebody please answer me that question? Can somebody please explain that to me? I'm not saying these 30 lives are insignificant. I'm saying why do 30 matter, but 360,000 don't matter at all. Now, furthermore, the percentages for black people being shot to death by police, 30 is a small number. It doesn't justify anything. But again, black people, according to official statistics, show... uh, Well, black people commit, black men in particular, not black people, black men commit more violent crimes than any other group of people by by huge numbers. So, of course, and and the men that commit those crimes are 15 to 34 on average. So 3% of the population attributes is attributed in terms of death and responsibility for crimes. 3% of the population contribute to nearly 40 to 50% of all major violent crime, they're less likely to be shot by police. And yet, since it's so disproportionate, well, uh, about 30 out of a million people die from police brutality. And of those 30 out of a million that die, how many of those cases were people flashing guns or threatening police? A, A large percentage. And the smaller percentage would show that there maybe are like five, six, seven people that die of direct intervention by police when they otherwise shouldn't exercise it. And in a few cases, there might be like, hey, a little bit of discrimination. We're talking about micro numbers. We're talking about nano numbers. But that's not what we see on the news. So we focus on the violence. We focus on the hatred. We focus on the division. And that becomes our reality. I also have a U.S. Department of Justice 2009 through 2010 annual rate report for crime. I also have the UCR FBI report for crime. I have the FBI hate crime statistics. Let's look at that real quick. For hate crime statistics, in 2018, race was reported in over 6,000 known hate crime offenders. The FBI also acknowledges they really don't have a way to define what a hate crime is, but race crime hate crime offenders. 53.6% were white. You'd expect that considering that white people make up almost three-quarters of the population. Now, you'd expect that black people committing hate crimes would be substantially lower because they only make up 13% of the population, and only about 3% of that 13% are responsible for the crimes. And yet 3% of the population are responsible for one-quarter of all hate crimes against other groups, not just white people, against all groups. It's a pretty astounding number. I also have in front of me the victims report from the FBI in 2018 hate crime statistics, the victims. An analysis of data for victims of single bias hate crime incidents showed that 59.6% of victims were targeted because of the offender's bias against race, ethnicity, and ancestry. That would also probably be considered somewhat racial. 18.7% were victimized because of bias against religion. 16.7% targeted because of bias against sexual orientation. 2.2% because of gender identity bias. 2.1% because of bias against disability. I don't know who who those people are. 0.7% were victims of gender bias. That's a really small number. 0.7%. 61 people in 2018 were victims of gender bias. You'd think that it's like every person is a victim of gender bias, but but that's not the case. 
racial, ethnicity, ancestry bias. 47.1% were victims of crimes motivated by anti-black or African-American violence. 20% motivated by anti-white violence. Again, if it was a 50-50 split, it would sound like, well, yeah, white people are absolutely more racist. But the fact that white people make up about, you know, 60% of the population, a little bit more, it's disproportionate when 20% or more were victims of anti-white bias, when only 3% of the population is responsible once again for nearly a quarter of all hate crimes against white people. And three quarters of the population are responsible for less than half of hate crime. So it's very disproportionate. And I'm just reading FBI stats. I'm just reading the the, the information from uh, major publications. The bottom line is you really want to talk about black lives. Well, why don't we look at Planned Parenthood? Look at Planned Parenthood. You'll learn all you need to know about black lives. Because the reality is that the eugenicist Margaret Sanger, uh, which is a fact only deniable to the ignorant, originally founded Planned Parenthood. It's not an opinion. Margaret Sanger is a woman who called minorities, immigrants, and blacks human weeds, quote-unquote, reckless breeders, quote-unquote, and, quote, human beings who never should have been born, end quote. That is the founder of Planned Parenthood, who also gave Klan rally meetings. And so, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, there's a woman who was at a Black Lives Matter protest, and she's waving the Confederate flag, and she's got a Make America Great Again hat, and she's praising the Ku Klux Klan, and she vowed to teach her grandchildren hatred. Well, I agree that hatred is definitely taught. It's taught by separating people into groups and saying, you are different, this is your classification. Otherwise, we get along well, and we can celebrate our differences rather than hyper-focusing on them and thinking, because you look different than me, that must mean X, Y, Z. And if you think you can just get rid of whatever the hatred might be, whatever the racial things, injustices might be, by saying, down with this, down with that, in this now, in that now, what does that do? It uh, does nothing. You know why it does nothing? Because it's idealistic. It's unrealistic. You can not change things with idealism. You can change things by being pragmatic. You can change things by being an individual human being, regardless of your race, your gender, your religion, etc., You can change things by being a kind and accepting person, but only kind and accepting to the point where you don't allow people to manipulate your goodwill to advance political agendas, to advance cultural revolutionary agendas, to coercively persuade you into the herd mentality, the groupthink, and the collectivized thought of manufactured consensus. rdgable at yahoo.com, r-d-g-a-b-l-e at yahoo.com, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings and www.thesecretteachings.info if you donate $35 you get access to the whole show archive every single broadcast you can download and stream as many episodes as you want 
It's all on the website. You also get a free copy with free shipping in the U.S. of one of my books. Check them out. I'm not going to try to convince you with emotion, but with logic. You want to learn something that's neutral, check out the books and the archive at thesecretteachings.info. Otherwise, stay safe, stay informed, and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Thank you.